Watch My Six is Prince Iyo's first book, in which he unpacks his life stories and serial chucks throughout his life. First-generation Nigerian-American immigrant and DMV native hones and showcases his writing abilities, while sharing relatable personal experiences. Watch My Six is a collection of short stories about Ayo's personal experiences as a first-generation immigrant in America, as well as self-reflection on values and legacy. Ayo discusses love, race, identity, monetary value, friendships, self-improvement, moral values, mental health, technological advancements, as well as other topics. He describes the book as a raw and vulnerable look at his own life and the lives of those around him. You can now order Watch My Six on Amazon Kindle. Gumroads, and other online retailers. Ayo is currently working on his next book, a young adult novel called The Shadow Within. The time is now. Outer order reflects inner peace. Likewise, an external environment in disarray reflects internal chaos. Made Dallas, you're too good to feel this bad. Sir, 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 dot, 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 you can't go back there, is what the black security guard told the black pedestrian approaching my building's alleyway entrance. The pedestrian turned around and muttered, his face hidden behind his coat. Sir, you can't go back there, the security guard told the black man walking away from him. The pedestrian was about six tall, weighed about 215 pounds, and was dressed entirely in black, including a black jacket, a black hat, and soiled pants. It was impossible to tell whether this man had come straight from work or had been drinking at the pub. His demeanor, nevertheless, was unnerving. The security guard moved closer to the man. Without saying anything, the man took out a Beretta M9 from his jacket and fired two shots into the security guard's chest. Boom, reality set in. Mama Oshi attempted to digest what she had just witnessed while holding me in her arms. She closed the blinds as the sirens approached the crime scene in front of our building. I was only a tiny child, no more than two or three years old, and I could not understand what was going on. We both witnessed a murder in the street in front of our building and all she could do was close her eyes and pray. This event happened near Washington, D.C., in 1994, pre-gentrification, amid alarming crime rates, and I still have nightmares about it to this day. If you ask, how can I remember so much from such a young age, seeing a man murdered by another man who has the same complexion as you aren't something you forget. The first seven years of a human's life revolve around developing complex learning skills, motor programs, and more. Our subconscious mind and behavior patterns are heavily influenced by our early environment. Since I was 13 years old, I have had flashbacks to the altercation between the security guard and the African-American man. The sounds of the commotion between the black pedestrian and the security officer, as well as the gunshots, are included in the replay. Bang, 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 sirens, and then silence after the chaos. Reflecting now as an adult on my childhood before moving to a safer environment gave me more than enough insight into what it is like to be a person of color in America. Aside from systemic disadvantages and race discrimination, I had never considered the stark differences between African Americans, Afro-Latinx, and Africans as opposed to other races, especially those of European descent. In America, chattel slavery is one of many examples of Western black communities' main conflict with one another. The history of chattel slavery in the United States is a long and complicated one, with centuries of pain and suffering inflicted upon black people. But it is important to remember that chattel slavery was just one aspect of the conflict between black communities and their white oppressors. For example, even after chattel slaves were freed, Jim Crow laws and other forms of discrimination persisted. While the civil rights movement made significant strides toward ensuring equality for all, many black communities continue to suffer from poverty, violence, and neglect. So, while chattel slavery may be the most well-known form of discrimination against black people, 
It is just one example of the many ways in which Western societies have mistreated them. Living in a melting pot like the United States, many people come from various cultural backgrounds. However, in my experience, there has always been a blatant or subliminal divide between Africans, African Americans, and Afro-Latinx culture in the United States. Do not get me wrong, for the most part, it is an interesting experience to be of African descent living in America. The African-American experience and culture are at the forefront of social entertainment and action in the United States, especially via social media, but at the cost of exploitation. For future generations, culture is meant to be shared, appreciated, and celebrated. Cultural appropriation, on the other hand, creates a different set of issues. For years, black America has been deprived of their land. Their families have been torn apart their minds have been defiled, and they have been consistently disenfranchised. It is disrespectful to ignore the fact that there is a systemic trickle-down effect from chattel slavery in the United States because we now live in a time when slavery is unimportant, and many would try to use rebuttals to say that slavery had no long-term effects in this day and age. Part of the reason I think the polarity in the African Americans and blacks from other descendants' communities still occurs is due to the systematic institutions in place to obstruct or create a more difficult path toward equal opportunity to succeed in America, particularly for black people. From redlining to sundown town policies, everything is still in place in 2022. Sundown towns in America were specifically designed to exclude African Americans and other minority groups. These towns were often established by redlining, a practice whereby banks and other financial institutions would deny services to certain neighborhoods based on their racial makeup. Sundown towns were also often guarded by racist vigilantes who would enforce the town's exclusionary policies through violence and intimidation. While sundown towns are no longer as prevalent as they once were, their legacy still looms large in American society. From housing discrimination to police brutality, the effects of these segregationist policies are still being felt by minority communities across the country. As we continue to cope with the legacy of sundown towns, it is apparent that more work remains to be done in order to achieve greater equity for the majority of society. There is a distinction to be made between misinformation and disinformation, and it is a thin line. Both are defined by the dissemination of misleading information, while one centers around intent. Meta, formerly known as Facebook, had an amazing year in 2016, and it was without a doubt one of the most recognizable social media platforms for politics at the time. Everything in society was turned upside down because before the 2016 election, most political views were not discussed in public forums at such a high volume. Political correctness was at an all-time high. False news was being relayed to the masses from left and right-wing narratives. The Me Too movement was on the rise. Conservatives stated that Obama was at risk of putting the country into another economic recession at the end of his term. Rhetorical mob mentality essentially grew thinking behavior from liberal media was unstoppable, which in result was counterproductive because Donald Trump was elected president. Although this book is not about political differences, the context of using media political correctness as an example of being a tool heightens our flight and fight in how we engage certain topics like racism, classism, war, trade deals, executive orders, and so on. Trump's election was infamous because not only did he create controversial mayhem in every press room he walked into, but his family also contributed to the discrimination against black people applying to be tenants during the civil rights movement. If you mix welfare, poor school environments, and housing discrimination, there's a perpetuation of the false narrative lie of Willie Lynch's dialogue of disempowering and dismantling a black family home and the black experience. As a result, black kids are coming out of schools with no direction or life skills because the system has been designed to fail them. 
they become dependent on a system that is supposed to help them but instead creates more obstacles. This continuous cycle creates an intergenerational wealth gap and robs future generations of their potential. It is time for this to stop. Growing up, Mama Oshi always told me that education was key regardless of our living circumstances. She instilled in me the importance of getting good grades, attending college, and ultimately graduating with a degree. When I started to look at colleges, I quickly realized that my options were limited. As a black student, I knew that I would likely be attending a historically black college or university. While there are many great HBCUs, I also knew that they did not always have the same resources as other undergraduate colleges. In fact, according to data collected by black demographics, only 19% of black men in America have a bachelor's degree compared to 32% of all men. Second is the number of black men who finished high school but did not pursue higher education. 35% compared to 28% of all men. The rebuttal could be a lack of interest among black students, but the same remake could be made for most children under the age of 19. Regardless of what school you attended, the main objective is to finish school with the intent to use it in the real world. The name of the institution I attended never guaranteed me that I would find a job after graduating from their programs. The real world compensates those who are skillful, experienced, and problem solvers. Although learning high-paying skills might help you acquire the career you desire, many black males enter occupations such as front, back software engineers, UX product designer, truck drivers, electricians, plumbers, masons, and more. There are high-demand skilled professions that pay more than financial hedge fund managers. However, this is only true if the individual is clever enough or has sufficient counsel to invest in a trade that would drive them to their definition of success. According to the Brookings intuition, black men with high school or less education have been well below and declined more rapidly than those of similar white and Latino men. The disappearance of well-paying jobs in durable manufacturing and other industries and the decline of unions has hurt the earnings and employment of black men more than white and Latino men, and the stagnation of the federal minimum wage has likely hurt as well. Black women in the United States have their own ordeal when it comes to dealing with the black experience in America. A Harvard research study revealed that black women are not attended to and cared for like other patients. Serena Williams, the number one women's tennis player in the world and a 4X World Time Olympia women's tennis player, experienced a pulmonary embolism after giving birth to her daughter via cesarean section in 2018 and the medical professionals around her dismissed her concerns. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, black women are three to four times more likely than white women to die from pregnancy-related reasons. For black women, this disparity is often due to a lack of care. Studies have shown that black women are less likely to receive proper prenatal care and are more likely to be treated for pain less aggressively than their white counterparts. In addition, black women are more likely to suffer from chronic conditions like obesity and diabetes, which can complicate pregnancies. As a result of these disparities, black women face a greater risk of complications during pregnancy and childbirth. Sadly, these disparities often go unacknowledged by the medical community, resulting in black women being undervalued and underserved. We also live in an era when race and sexual orientation are intertwined. Not recognizing that notion as a heterosexual man would demonstrate my lack of social awareness. I understand that there are black homosexual, bisexual men, and others in the black community. However, I prefer not to speak on the differences in black sexuality because I am not educated on this community's point of view, nor do I have the authority to speak because I am not experiencing what those individuals are experiencing while being black in America. 
Finally, by no means am I going to use the actual N-word in this book because I do not want to perpetuate negative stereotypes about black people in general. Never lose sight of your origins. Instead, I will use negus. Some would consider negus a glass of Merlot or apple juice. However, that is not the case here. The word negus originated from the Ethiopian civilization and is defined as the title king. The word negus needs to be briefly compartmentalized and broken down before proceeding as to why I theorize they are a catalyst to resetting black culture in America. To begin with, negus was and still is viewed as a derogatory name imposed by European descendants and derived from the title's original meaning of king. Black Americans, on the other hand, reclaimed negus as a term of endearment. The descendants of other African Americans followed suit. It is another example of how African Americans magnified and affected black eminence not only in the United States, but also around the world for a long time. Second, the term negus refers to a mindset rather than a negative epithet. The use of the epithet negus was to denigrate a black character and portray them as subhuman, and it has become entrenched in Western culture, particularly in the United States. From enslaved people being beaten with whips to tiny black girls walking to school being mocked by people who don't look like them to Rodney King being beaten to Sandra Bland being assassinated by police. Black Americans are just regular everyday citizens being attacked by the same people who advise others that black people need to be tamed by the law. For generations, black Americans have had to endure so much suffering and have been strategically and systematically taught to only exist in America if they want to advance, they must be on their best behavior, demonstrate a prestigious work ethic and exceptional skills, especially in technological corporations and in any modern-day corporate environment. However, if black Americans complain or display evidence that their communities need help, they get disregarded as lazy or as having no work ethic. I can't acknowledge systemic racism without mentioning the black community's own faults, such as multi-millions of dollars from the Black Lives Matter organizations invested in a mega multi-level house or Howard University's mistreatment of their students' well-being on campus. These cases were used as rebuttals because this book is not about racism and how I am against evil capitalist people taking over the world. It is about my journey in life, of course but also about discovering the true values in life and seeking the truth in order to be enlightened about what is going on around you and around the world and hopefully one day enable someone else to become the best version of themselves as well. Not out of nobility, but to spread the knowledge that we are all one and the same beings with varied cultures, complexions, and backgrounds traveling down different pathways in life. Thank whatever higher power you believe in for allowing us to search for the truth backed up by first-hand base principal facts in places other than outdated curriculum textbooks and instead via YouTube, Vimeo, podcasts, and other online sources. Interactions with people from various backgrounds are beneficial because they help to break down barriers and foster understanding. We are all human beings, regardless of skin color. We deserve to be treated with dignity and respect which is why I will continue to reach out to black Americans. Focusing on negative characteristics, six archetypes can be identified. These show more harmful traits than productivity. However, not every African-American man carries himself in the same manner. N-E-G-U-S, definition, royalty, king, royalty. Wait, listen, N-E-G-U-S, description, black ruler, Tendrick Lamar, live at performance, to be continued.